back inside the room the audio dojo of mojo the show where we are focused on providing you with business school without the bs and i am so excited today because i don't even know i don't even know what questions robert is going to ask me but it's kind of fun because robert redmond is a very uh, uh, respected uh, business coach within the the Redmond Growth Organization and the Thrive15.com team. What does that mean? He basically helps businesses grow. And a lot of businesses are stuck. For whatever reason, the owner starts the business uh, with the vision to create time freedom and financial freedom. They, they think to themselves, man, if I build a business, I can create time freedom and financial freedom. But then something happens and it's kind of rude it doesn't feel very good it's <laughs> Shut up! they run into employees that talk back <laughs> to them they run into angry people they drama. run into drama dysfunction and pretty soon they start saying man it's hard to get the sales calls made because i can't get anybody to do the job it's hard to get the graphic design pieces made because i can't get anybody to show up to work on time it's so hard to etc and so now the employer starts to feel almost like their business is uh, owned by the employees the employees are now in charge like it's like the situation where the employer is being held hostage by the employees and then all of a sudden things start to change pretty soon you discover there's more people who aren't you than you think about that for a second there's more people working for you that aren't you than you and now you're going oh no they're ganging up on me and then you discover like for elephant in the room you know with 84 employees uh, uh you, you see like man and by the way we're opening up our newest location here very very soon and we'll be up to 125 employees. And pretty soon you realize there are hundreds of employees working here, and I'm only one person. How do you and how do you get the, how do you keep the drama and all those issues from keeping you stuck, perpetually stuck? So, Robert, I'm I'm super I'm super excited to 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 hear the questions that the thrivers around the world are asking you because I think this is going to be almost a therapeutic show for me. Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, Clay was having a conversation with me earlier today. Clay, we were talking, and and you're saying, "Hey, you know, I want you to be on the radio show, and I want you to to ask just just the real tough, nitty gritty questions that a lot of people experience regularly. Like like this stuff happens all the time. This is the stuff behind the stuff. This is the show where when you hear some of the things you're going to hear today, you're going to feel almost dirty you're gonna want to take a shower oh yeah for the next hour you're gonna want to go do a colon cleanse just just get in the shower now get in the shower now get your body prepared get the soap on a rope because if you fall down you want to grab that rope you don't want to lose the soap get the soap on a rope okay robert what questions (laughs) do we have here so 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 um 
first of all, Clay, I've never seen you get tripped up by a question. And I'm not saying I'm trying to trip you up today. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm trying to trip you up today. Yes. But, but I am saying I'm, I'm going to get real. And, and I want to hear your real responses because I know that you've dealt with some of these situations uh, that I want to ask you some questions about. So real quick, I have one audio clip from earlier today when I was telling you, I said, hey, we're going to do the show today. You right. can ask me anything. Right. But I told I told you something and I was able to record myself. I always record. I'm always recording things. I'm gathering sounds. You always I'm, get Sam just follow you with the audio recording. And here's the audio of what I told you earlier this afternoon or earlier this morning. It was it was this morning we, we talked and I said, hey, you can't handle the truth. And then you said you, you said to me, you said, I think I can. And then I said, you can't handle the truth. And then all of a sudden I started queuing up Juicy by Notorious B.I.G. <laughs> And it just got weird. But anyway, go for it. What do you got? So so first question, right? Uh, uh, every business owner inevitably will face this issue if they're working with any other human being at all. True. So people deal with stuff, right? Uh, uh, what do you do, Clay, when you have people who bring drama into the workplace? I mean, people go through life. Life is hard. People might be going through a divorce, right? Uh, 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 they, they might have a, a sick child. Um, they, they, um, you know, they, they might find out that, um, you have an employee who has a drinking problem, drug problem. They're bringing that drama into the workplace. What's your approach to, to handling that situation or those well, situations? One is you, you sort of go to a lot of seminars and workshops about life coaching. You meet with the employee for hours and hours. You talk to them about how they feel. You begin to spend vast periods of your time buying books about how they can improve. You bring them all to church. You do campfires. You do trust falls. No, you don't do any of that crap. What you do is you realize that every single person that works for you has an expiration date. Someone should write that down. You never bought milk? You ever bought milk? Robert, Robert, Sam, Sam, have you ever gone out there, Sam producer, have you ever gone out there and bought some milk? I used to drink uh, a gallon and a half of milk a day. What? Now, real quick context. Sam is a like a power lifter who's That's very strong. Statement. How tall are you, Sam? I'm 6'2". How much do you weigh? 260. How much can you lift at this point? A flat lot. bench. Flat bench. Flat bench, 405. See, that's what I'm... So, Thriver, just a little context, okay? So, the thing is that you buy that milk. And what you do is you get that milk and, you, and you, it works its way to the back of the fridge. You know, you got the butter in the front. You got the new broccoli you just got. You know, you got the, you know, I, we, at our house right now, we're, for some reason, we're just buying a lot of vegetables. You know, I just bought the new sushi. You got the sushi. All these things are going in the fridge. And what happens is pretty soon the asparagus has worked its way to the back of the fridge mm. and the milk. And then one day you look at it and you're like, well, I'll get some cereal. So you get that cereal. And you get that cereal out, and it's usually like 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning. You can't sleep, you know, so you you go on the TV, you flip through the channel, and you find the show where there's that sweet man who says, for a dollar a day, you could help Mugwai. And so you're going, I, I do want to help Mugwai for a dollar a day. So you start watching this commercial about the <laughs> missions going on, and then you change the channel, and now you're watching a show about the Ronco, and he's saying, you could dehydrate meat. You could literally save yourself thousands of dollars by dehydrating your own meat. And then back to the sweet old man, and dehydrate the meat. We're going to throw in a slicer in the dicer, and the lean, mean George Foreman grill machine, and then you're watching Sports Center for the 47th time. And a little and bit you, of Bob Ross, maybe? A little bit of Bob Ross. Have, have, have it, trees. And then what you do is you go and you get that milk, you get that cereal, 
and you 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 pour out the milk and you take a bite, not looking at the expiration date, and then you realize you're just about a month too late, and it tastes sour and gross and weird, and you think about shooting yourself, but you realize you believe in salvation and heaven and hell, and you decide that's not a good move, and yeah. so you just wash your mouth off and you don't talk about it, you don't tell your wife, <laughs> you don't tell your friends, you, you go don't to say, kiss her. You know, you, yeah, you don't you don't tell somebody. I just had sour milk because I think what an idiot. But you, we've all done it. If someone here has done that before, if you if I'm if I'm talking to you and you know what I'm saying, you've done that thing. Uh-huh. You it's, had you've had that chunky lemon milk. Yeah, it's kind of like as a dude, <laughs> um, when you're a young boy, you're like 12, and you get some things confused, and you and you maybe z- use the zipper too fast. Ooh. And you maybe zip <laughs> something you shouldn't zip. You just went there, and you go ow, and you don't you don't run around going, hey guys, I just zipped myself. It's just it's a, it's a it's ladies. It's a it's a dude move. I'm Sam just does you. tell me that though. <laughs> oh no, no. So here's the All thing the is, so then you have an expiration date. You understand you shouldn't drink the milk when it's past the expiration date. Well, here's what's going on, in my office today. I saw some. I walked by their I walked by the, their, their their computer today, and they minimized the screen. This is true stuff. They minimize the screen. Sam, you'll notice there'll be less there'll be less of a certain person starting later today. So what happens is I walk by the computer and they minimize the screen. And they do the whole thing where they look like they were doing something else. Like, right. Hey, 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 like that. Like, hey, like they never talk to me at all, but they're like, hey, 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 Clay. <laughs> hey, how's it going? And I'm going, good. And they go, how are you? And they go, awesome, 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 awesome. They're getting red, getting blotchy. And I use this thing called keystroke recorders where I look at things. So I just, John, pull up some information. The next thing you know, John's one of the managers. I discovered the guy, <laughs> the guy's trying to steal some mission critical data from me Ooh. so today i walked up to the guy and i said guy hey uh uh you know i need you to talk to john right why because i'm a wuss no i'm just kidding because i'm busy and i got stuff going on so i asked john to do it so john talks to the guy and he goes hey it's not working out the guy says why he says you know we you know what you were doing and he goes yeah and he's gone but yeah. the thing is is that i didn't try to motivate him i didn't try to encourage him I just looked at the data over a period of time and noticed that he had been doing some weird stuff. So I put a keystroke tracker on his computer and I saw that he was doing stuff. Right. Now, this story would be made weird if it was an isolated incident. But coders are good at what, Sam? Sam, what are coders good at? Coding. Coding and what? Do they know a little bit thing about hiding stuff on computers? Oh, yeah. Are they pretty technically savvy? Yes. So we had a uh, meeting in there. We had a meeting. It was probably about six months ago. We had a coder. He's coding. He's doing coding at Coders. And I noticed that he's just not really performing at that peak level. I walked by his computer. Yet again, he minimizes the screen. I discover he's ordering pot online on Craigslist and uh, ordering uh, women uh, in a prostitution ring online um, using the Mike Work computer as his, uh, uh, you know, ordering uh, paid uh, prostitutes. It, True story. Well, was it just the kind of thing where it's like, oh, I ran out of time to do this at home. I gotta get this done at work. I just like like what goes through through someone's head. <laughs> well, when you <laughs> doing that at work, ordering prostitutes is yeah. that what you said? Yeah. Well, according to the U.S. Uh, Chamber and CBS News, seventy five percent of employees who seventy five percent of employees steal from the workplace, and most do so repeatedly. So you should look that up. CBS. U.S. Chamber, 75% of employees, I want that sink in, 75, I'm saying it's slow, 75% of employees steal. Now, the majority of pornographic consumption occurs during the work day. I want to make sure we're getting this. The majority of pornographic, people downloading things happens during the work day. So I know this. I assume that most people are bad and that they can prove themselves to be virtuous. 
So when I meet somebody, I just assume the worst, and then I hope for the best. And so I noticed he minimized the screen, and you can stay in the woods, and you can attend like a, their version of Woodstock, where you smoke a lot of pot, and you basically listen to bands. Right. And I discovered he bought tickets to that. He bought tickets to Burning Man. I discovered he was ordering women uh, to commit sexual acts while at the workplace. But these are all th- these are this is data. I this just. Is, I just don't understand like the sense of urgency that someone has while at work. I got to do this specific task when they could do it in the privacy of their own ho- in their own home. You know what I mean? Well, the, you know Matthew five uh, ten says that blessed. That's from the Bible. I know it's offensive. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men cast insults at you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely. On account of me, rejoice and be glad, for your reward is in heaven is great. Whoa, 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 for your reward in heaven is great. So all I'm telling you, because I'm such a barbarian and I hold people accountable, um, so what I did in both these cases is I knew what they were doing. I pulled them aside. I looked them in the eye, and I'm telling drivers, this is what you do. I said, I looked them in the eye, and I said, hey, is there anything you want to tell me about the data that's on your computer, anything that you need to tell me about what you've been doing. I have this conversation privately. Um, These are both in the last six months. I have so many stories for you. I could go on and on forever. And they both looked me in the eye and said, nope. So we do a group interview every week at Thrive and Make Your Life Epic at Elephant in the Room and all the companies I have. And I brought in somebody else who is a sharp person. And so we can end on a high note Devin, who works here, he's been here for four years, never does anything weird. Devin is awesome. <laughs> and and so he just had a baby. He just had a beautiful baby. And so what I do is then I, when it's convenient for the business, I replace people. And when we come back, we're going to learn more about the dark, kind of that dark side, that, that weird side about how to manage people in a world where dumb Dishonest and distracted people are now the norm. Stay tuned. I'm Ken P. Lott, and I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Professional painting by Ken. Uh, Quite a bit of stuff. Uh, A lot of stuff I know that I needed to do but didn't know how to do it. Uh, Web page, how to hire people, sales, uh, making a schedule, making programs I mean just a lot of stuff I mean it's overwhelming but it's good stuff that you can actually put to practice right away it's a lot different than I expected uh, been to different workshops and uh, you just waiting for the sales punch you know and they give you ideas and stuff but it's always 10 years down the road when you can actually apply the stuff that they're trying to promote and this is not like that at all. It's very ground level, help you start a business and maintain and grow a bigger business. I like it a lot because he makes you feel comfortable, makes you laugh, so it opens you up to receive and hear better. Uh, this is great. It's a lot of interaction. You, you can ask him questions, you can help. He can, I mean, if you don't understand something, he can explain it more. So it's very, very helpful. I mean, it's, they're missing a lot because uh, a lot of businesses uh, probably do some of the steps that he's teaching, but there's so much they can learn and to easy steps that they grow the business even better. It's not 
like any other workshop I've ever been to. Um, it's very laid back and a lot of information. It's a comfortable setting. It's, it's awesome. It's a really good, good experience. It's the Thrive Time Show on your radio. Some shows go by fast. Other shows go by slow. I'm not sure how you process the show, and I'm not really sure um, why you're listening, but if you have found this show because you want to learn how to start or grow a successful business, if you've been looking for business school without the BS, then yes, this is the show for you. My name is Clay Clark. I'm the former USSBA Entrepreneur of the Year, sent here on a mission to mentor millions of diligent doers, and that includes you. If you're diligent, Proverbs has good news for you. Proverbs 10.4 says that God blesses the hand of the diligent. It also goes on to say God punishes the hand of the slackard, which is not the positive part of the verse that people want to focus on, but God does bless the hand of the diligent. And the diligent, though, if you're steadily doing your work, if every day all you do is just do what you say you're going to do, then you get promoted to management. And once you start to manage people, now you got to hold people accountable. And when you hold people accountable, they will attack you. They will attack you. And I'm not sure who needs to hear this, but I think you do. I think you, right now, this is the thing you've been, you've been kind of figuring, you're trying to, you're struggling, like, why do people do these bad things? Why do people not do their jobs? Well, Matthew 5, 10 through 12 reads from the Bible. The Bible? From the Bible. The Bible? But that's on the radio? The Bible? Yeah, the Bible says, Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men cast insults at you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely on account of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is in heaven is great. For the, so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The point is, when you hold people accountable, I'm not saying you're a prophet, but I'm saying you will be attacked they will attack you. They will say bad things to you. They will email you. They will go on Glassdoor, stupid website, go on Glassdoor, and they will write, they'll form their anonymous account and go up there and just gripe about how you did the horrible thing called firing them for doing the wrong thing. And uh, all I'm telling you, there's, there, are, there are many, many great people out there, but what you have to do is hold people accountable. And if they can't get their job done, step one, you walk up to them and you say, did you know what to do? And if they say, yeah, I did, I just chose not to. Step one, do you know what to do? If they know what to do, then we have a problem. If they didn't know what to do, then you educate, right? And if you educate, but they still don't do it, now we begin to what? We begin to hold people accountable. We begin to do the write-ups. We begin to write people up. We begin to document the grievances. And we begin to fire them when it is convenient for the business. So, Robert, you coach with business owners all over the planet. You've compiled a list of questions. Absolutely. That the Thrive Nation has from coast to coast, all around the world. I'm excited to hear your questions, my friend. So, so, so the first question, it was a good question and needed to be asked. Great answer. You gave them actionable steps. But it was a little bit of a softball, Clay. I want to start. Ooh. I want to start getting into a little bit more of the fastballs, right? We're moving from coach pitch to kid pitch, and hopefully by the end of the show, we'll be at the major leagues, baby. You know, you know, real quick here, Harry Carey um, had something he wanted to say. Now, Harry Carey, he, oh he passed away. Um, but before he passed away, we were able to mic him, and uh, this is what he thought about your question. Holy cow! Wow, that came in hot. Okay, there we go. So Harry Carey's excited. So uh, next, ne next question, um, Clay. What do you do when you find out an employee 
has been stealing money from your business. Well, 75% of the time, that's what they're doing. And, 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 and maybe put this in context. What do you do when you find out someone's been doing it um, for a long period of time? Well, again, I want to repeat that, though. According to the U.S. Chamber and CBS News, 75% of employees... That includes not you. Oh, no. People who are listening to Rush Limbaugh right now, those are the real thieves, not you guys. I mean, you guys are the geniuses, right? I mean, people who listen to 1170 never, never steal. But the people who listen to the other, I mean, let's be real. People listening to other stations right now, those are the, the real thieves. Not, But anyway, so 75% of people do, do steal. And you go, they steal? Yeah, they do. So, I mean, first off, I'm not shocked. Um, I don't get upset. So it's your, as a business owner, it's your expectation that these things are going to happen. If it doesn't happen, I'm shocked. Got it. So I think that's an important point. Yeah. So what I do is I build systems that um, are basically stealing proof. You know, and I try to make systems where, so as an example, let me give you an example. Um, one business that I, I have been involved in for, this is probably, we're going back you know, six years ago. I had a business where I had a bunch of partners, and uh, here was the rule. You tell me, Sam, tell me if this rule sounds unethical. Robert, you tell me if this sounds, uneth- sounds right. unethical. Sam, um, and again, Sam would never do this. So this is just is a fictitious example, and Sam's going to be the good guy, okay? All right. right. Sam, um, I just want you guys to know, Robert, Sam, you guys are my partners, you know. Um, I realize that we've agreed we want to have a corporate account and that we can only put business expenses on my car- card, but I don't like that rule. And I, I want to be able to use it for personal expenses when there's an emergency. I, just, I mean, I'm just saying, when there is an emergency, I want to be able to use it for those things. I mean, you know what I'm saying, guys? Guys, right? We're, we're all partners here, right, guys? I mean, that's the deal. Yeah. Um, I don't think that works. Uh, or you're not open to it? No. Now, here's yeah. the deal is that the person begins attacking. I'm not kidding. They begin attacking. They're going, are you kidding me after what I've done for this business? So the partners... Wh- I often don't pay myself, and you're not going to let me use my own card. You see what's happening? Exactly. It's an emotional argument. Yeah. So, true story. Said person goes to Caesar's Palace for <laughs> a, uh, a speaking event that I had. I was asked to speak. <laughs> And I did. And then they said, could you come back and speak again? And I said, I can't. They go, okay, can you send your video team? So I sent my video team and I asked her, this person, to head up the team, you know? And this person who had fought about the personal card said, okay, no no big deal. I will not use the card for personal. I'll just use it for business. I get it. Person comes back and I get a call from the corporate client. Huge. We're talking about a Fortune 500 company. Huge. And when a lot of times hotels, when they have an honored guest or a video team or a marketing team, they'll comp your hotel. They, they put us in a ridiculously nice suite there at Caesars. And they said, any incidentals, just charge to your room. You know, I mean, just basic incidentals. And if you guys want to go out and you know, have a good time, you can charge it yourself. But I mean, you know, just basic stuff. Right. The person, I'm not exaggerating, the person generated a $6,000 bill. So here I am talking to the president of a huge company who calls me and goes, and I've known him for a while. And he calls and he says, "Hey, um, I, I got I'm gonna. I, I hate to text you the photo, but she was so hammered at the pool. I'm just gonna show you the photo. But this person racked up a twelve thousand dollar alcohol bill, um, and I'm not sure what kind of alcohol they're buying. I don't know if they bought drinks for everybody, Ugh. but they charged it all to the room. And because we put you in the VIP section." Um, we owed you $8,000 for the video project and we paid the eight. I'm okay with that. 
but I need you guys to write me a check for four grand, and then you probably need to fire that person. And he wasn't upset with me. He just knew this was stupidness. Right. But this person who had fought back so hard about the using a card for business only, then racked up a 12000 true story, $12,000 bill. And then so my wife confronted said person and just said, hey, um, I wanted to know um, what's going on. Calls the person in Vegas. This woman is so intoxicated in Las Vegas, she can't even speak. I'm not kidding. I was, I was just trying to, I don't even know. I was, why are you, why are you accusing me? And you're going, what? And this is a person where you realize, and shame on me for not detecting the pattern that the person was fighting so hard about not using a business card for personal stuff. And so I'm not mad at the person. I'm just mad at me. But I'll tell you what, when you have a business and you begin to grow that business and you start to handle a uh, higher family or friends. That's what happened in this case. I hired family and friends, and it became became a weird situation. You ever seen that show Family Feud? Absolutely. So Family Feud is just sort of a... Let me get my Family Feud music going. Let me get that going. There we go. Family Feud. Stay tuned. Learn more about hiring and firing. ThriveTimeShow.com. My name is Nikki Warren, and I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma. The name of my business is The Mocha Butterfly, and I'm a fashion designer. I heard about the ThriveTime business workshops through a dear friend of mine, and I got a chance to meet with Clay and Dr. Z. And uh, as I talked to them a little bit more, uh, I loved what they were doing and it just made me you know, more intrigued because I really wanted to grow my business. Well, what I've learned is that uh, for, for my business in particular, uh, marketing is needing to be, you know, get it, I need to step it up a lot more and, and the, uh, just focusing in on some key things to get that really going is gonna really get me where I wanna go with my goals. I think it's fun, it's a fun atmosphere, uh, which most business oriented, you know, I'm an artistic, you know, artsy person, and I tend to lose interest very quickly if I don't have something to keep me engaged. And, you know, the humor, the real life experience, um, and the casualness of it is just really engaging for me. And it's just very relatable. And so for me, I am having a, a, a ball. Like I was so excited to come yesterday. I was had, I had butterflies, literally, <laughs> butterflies in my stomach. And uh, I'm just really excited to be here. Well, uh, it's an interesting place. It's got a lot of uh, words of affirmation and quotes and things like that. Very positive environment. Um, the people here are very nice and friendly. And I love the way the uh, room is set up. It's very open space type of a uh, model and. Um, like I said, it's it's a it's more of a casual environment. It's not stuffy and professional. You know, like it's professional, but it's not stuffy professional. There is a difference, and so it's very warm and inviting here. Love the teaching style. Love the presentation. Uh, very organized and easy to follow. Um, and like I said, the real life experience and the humor just adds that much more to it. I know people who go to different workshops and. You know, I, I don't, I'm not sure if they're grasping all of what's being presented there, but I am almost 100% sure that if they come to a workshop like this one, they will get some great golden information that's going to help them meet their goals if they're willing to apply what they hear. There's no upselling here, um, which I, that wasn't really a big concern for me, but if, we're, if I were talking to someone who's very concerned about upselling, I would tell them that they have no worries here and that, like I, you know, I think that this uh, environment is very relaxed, inviting, warm, and engaging. And so even it, it does actually makes you wonder, like, what else, what else is there? I won't lie about that. Uh, so it's kind of, 
more of an independent intrigue rather than someone pushing you into the intrigue of what else is offered. Um, I recommend coming to this workshop because it is um, intimate, an intimate setting, uh, great people. I've met some really cool people doing some cool businesses and the teaching style and the presentation is awesome. All right, welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. We're talking about what happens when you hire family and friends and people. When you hire humans, what happens? Well, when, when you hire humans, what happens is, is that people seldom change. You know, Dr. Zellner says all the time, he says, people change seldom. Some of you are listening for the first time going, who are you? Why are you talking on the radio? My name is Clay Clark. I'm the father of five human kids. I have uh, many chickens, dozens of chickens. Um, I uh, plant a tree every week, uh, not because I'm a big environmentalist, but because I really want to block out the visual uh, of other people. I like to kind of build in my, I'm building, building Camp Clark and Chicken Palace. Dagobah. Kind of a Dagobah, kind of a Yoda for a business uh, coach there. I'm building that. I'm building a big wall around the property. And I, and I, I uh, started DJConnection.com. Uh, I've started, uh, this is the world's largest wedding entertainment company. Started the world's largest photography company i've coached with the largest the world's well check this out the world's greenest carpet cleaner you start to hear the worlds a lot because i'm really good at what i do but i'm very humble and so i've been nominating myself a lot for these humble awards these humanitarian humble awards and um why don't you why don't you play them some of the clips that well, here, we made yeah for here's you. what happened is i i i, <laughs> I woke up one morning and much to my shock when i emailed myself the emails came in you know, I emailed myself and right. I nominated myself. I said, Dear Thrive Team, I'm not sure who is receiving this message, but I feel like there's somebody in the office who's very humble, and he is I and I is him, and I would like to be the most humble person in the office. I want that award. And when I gave myself that award, I have never been more humbled. I just felt Was over- it a real award? Did you get a trophy or a medal? No, and I, I say this because a lot of people have accused me of being not humble. And it's not that I'm not humble. It's just kind of a scoreboard thing. You know, it's like you play <laughs> basketball and you play the game and you're up by 45 points. You point at the scoreboard and that's all you need to do. So, right. you know, Dr. Z, I mean, he's built the largest optometry in the region, largest auto auction. I built the largest photography, the video. And I'm not a genius. I didn't grow up rich, but I've been able to do it. And so the guys at 1170, uh, the radio people, they teamed up and they made some uh, um, intros. And Sam, I have not heard all these yet, but they said, hey, why don't you cue these up and play these on the show? These will really demonstrate to Tulsa um, why you're so humble. So I'm going to play four or five of them in a row, and we'll see what happens. Here we go. Sound effect number one. And now, for more wallet-expanding knowledge that you don't get in college. Well, that doesn't make me feel super humble. We'll and see. And now, more from the American Dream living boss. He ran for mayor and lost. See, that that was like kind of a dig. That was kind of a personal and jab. And now, more from the man who loves algebra so much, he took it three times. <laughs> you see, that just gets personal. And now, more from the man who got kicked out of college for writing a parody about the school's president that was not endorsed by the school's president you see that that's I, I did get kicked out of college but they don't have to say that I mean, and now more for the man who is more pale than kevin McHale. i don't go outside it's a pigment thing and now more from the man whose face was made for radio and whose mind was made for use as science has yet to find just because you have a great voice mr radio doesn't mean you can say that about and me. now more from the former <laughs> small business administration entrepreneur of the year 
and father of five human kids. Oh, that's so nice. And now, more from the man who has five kids, 46 chickens, nine businesses, four cats, and no tact. See, that just mean <laughs> no tact. I mean, come on. I was not expecting that. Oh, wow. I want to just do one more. I'm sorry, one more. Because I'm so excited about this gift they gave me. And now, more from the Temple of Boom with your host, Captain Clay Tiberius Clark. That's a good one. There, that keeps me humble. That's a great one. Okay, so, Robert, you can ask any questions at all. The the Thrivers all across the nation are having a big problem managing their people. And you've distilled these these questions into some specifics, and I'm excited. Right, and and just to recap, whenever you find out an employee has been stealing money for your business, first thing you got to do is you got to confront them. Right away. Well, you, you... let me make sure I get this. You don't do anything that's not best for the business. I think that's a that's a foundational concept. Okay, that's there, behind every answer you're going to give tonight. There was a a person in my office about two years ago, three years ago, who was dating a woman in my office who was married. So this is a man who's not married, and he's dating a woman who is married. And the husband and wife both work in my building. You understand how crazy that is? Now, the, the husband doesn't know that somebody is dating his wife and it's not him. So you imagine there's an employee of mine who is dating the wife of a man and then the husband and wife work in my office. So ethically, I felt like because I do the group interview every week, I can have higher ethics. You know, because I do the group interview right. every week, I can, I, can, I can fire faster. But I did this crazy thing and I sat him down and I said, hey, I just want to make sure we're clear. Um, this person is dating this person and that person's not you. I just want to make sure we're aware. What? Tears ensue, I leave. <laughs> you know, so that was the thing. Um, but there's times like uh, where I had an employee who I knew was looking at a ton of adult content during the work day, like a ton. Right. Huge amounts of, I mean, it's crazy. Huge. The, the uh, computer, not kidding, the computer, Sam, what kind of computer do you have? You have the big, the Apple, was it the Apple Pro? The, the, Apple, Apple? the Apple Tower. The Apple Tower. I mean, it's a big... Apple MacBook Pro. I mean, it's not a MacBook, but it's a Mac Pro. It's like the big circular-looking computer. Yeah. And he had downloaded almost a terabyte of adult movies on his computer. Because when do you he, have time to watch this? I would get to work like at 5 a.m. and he'd already be there, you know. And he's always yawning and always. So I didn't confront him at all. I just looked him in the eye, into his soul. I went past the eyes into the soul, and I said. Is there anything we need to talk about on your computer? You know, we're just making sure all the computers are getting updated and yours is running slower. I, but before we, you know, do all the scanning, is there anything we need to do? And he goes, nope. And see, like, if somebody doesn't say yes, then I, I have no interest in helping them. So right. all I did is I did the group interview. I had a candidate who came in who I thought was better, and I fired him. But I didn't confront him until I could fire him. Right. right. I mean, Let him now, go. Now, um, but there is people, there are times where it's a little thing. Like, it's not something devious like that. It's not a nefarious thing. It's just somebody who's late by 10 minutes every day. So day one, I pull him aside. I'd say, hey, um, are you aware that uh, you're not, uh, I mean, are you aware of the space-time continuum, how time works, you know? And uh, it's, uh, you know, 9-10. And, uh, you know, it's uh, typically uh, 9 is the time you want to be here. When it's, <laughs> you got to be here at 9, you know, it's 9-10. Um, so I need you to be on time. And they'll go, well, I didn't. And this is, this is the only excuses. The human race only has four excuses. So I'm going to give you all four. Here all right. Is. Here's excuse number one. I did not know. I did not know. See, that's, that's, that's so hard to be mad at someone who doesn't know. I didn't know. Sam, I'm sure you've heard that before. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know. I mean, it seems pretty valid. It's the I mean, easiest one. Yeah, and on, <laughs> honestly, if you've been pulled over before, the officer says, do you, know why, do you know why that I pulled you over? You know, they knock on the windshield, 
and you roll it down and you say, do you know why that I pulled you over? And you go, oh, I don't know. I mean, you know you're driving 107, you know, or you right. know you're, but then you, I, don't, I don't know. And they put you on the flashlight. It's a stupid thing. You did know, but you just, you know, we, we know, but we didn't want to say anything. Did not know. That's move, move number one. Move number two, and this is one of my favorites, is there was a miscommunication. And I feel as though if management could better clarify, mm. management, not like you, but other people, if management could better inform and educate, then I would have known. That's a move. Three is the emotional. That's the crier. That's 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 uh, Sam. Or the, it's the yeller. That's Are you going to talk to me that way? If you want to talk to me that way, then you're going to, you know, there's a big. The intense big, emotion. Or. Intense emotional. And then the fourth is the one who always acts like concerned and like they're, oh, thank you. For pointing that out, I uh, that is, I will do my best. And when you hear someone say, "I did my best," somehow it's like, "I did my best." Somehow that feels like, "Okay, we're good." <laughs> I did my best. Well, it's not good. I mean, if you're landing an airplane and you crash, I mean, I doing your best. best. I did my, I did my best, and that's the best that I Hundreds can do. Hundreds are dead, but I did. Oh, okay, you're off the hook. You know what I'm saying? So that's the thing. So you, you, when you confront somebody, hold them accountable. They're always going to throw those four things at you, and you just got to be ready for them. I mean, I'm, I'm at the point now in my life where I just like, all right, man, all right, man. I know what you're going to say now. So go ahead and say what you're going to say. Then I'll say what I'm going to say, and then we move on. But Thrivers, I'm telling you, what when you go out there in the world of business and you try to manage people, it's sort of a, it's sort of a, almost like a Mission Impossible, like a James Bond sort of esque movie, trying to manage people, dumb, distracted, dishonest people. How do you do it? Stay tuned. Thrive Time Show. My name is O'Neill Bent, and I'm from Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. I first heard about the uh, business workshops through my wife Sharita Bent, and uh, I learned a lot more from her. And also got follow-up calls from different members of the organization. Some of the things I've learned uh, about starting my business through Thrive is uh, making sure I'm spending my money on the things I need to spend it on. For instance, uh, like my search engine optimization, uh, my marketing, I'm constantly reviewing the content that I have on my website. And um, that's just a few of the things. The overall experience I've had from the Thrive Time workshop has been uh, wonderful. I love how uh, everything that we learn is practical. It's not based off of book knowledge. It's not based off of uh, someone else's ideas. It's based off things that have actually worked and uh, have been tried and true. When you walk in, I mean, we came into a smell of wood burning. Um, there's a chimney outside, so we walked to the building. And when you get inside, you almost feel like there's like a, I, I don't know if it's, it's like a pub slash club slash work environment. It, it just feels really good. You have music blaring, uh, friendly faces, people saying hello. And then when you sit down in your seat, you have uh, nice, uh, comfortable chairs, a wooden desk to work on, um, and everything looks modern. So it's a, it's a really refreshing feeling. Clay's uh, presentation and, and teaching style is very um, efficient effective. It's also endearing though because he's, he's very comical. He'll talk about different things he's been through um, and they're all very funny but he also hits the exact points he needs to hit the right time. Um, you never feel like man is he ever gonna stop talking? You always want to keep listening and then when it's breath bathroom break time your surprise is already there. So um, I like how he talks about these practical experiences and uh, it's very enjoyable. The interaction of the workshop is, is mostly 
uh, Clay will, will give you information that you need to know, but then he also opens it up for questions. So there's always this um, question and response type of situation. And then there's certain things where um, he'll direct you to do things, and it's because he knows that that's the way to go. You might question it, but I highly encourage you just to listen and do. And to jump into a business and think that you know everything is um, the most prideful, arrogant thing you could ever do. But to come here and to speak to someone who's already done this many times, has directed several businesses, and can give you wisdom and, and information, I think it's, it's wonderful. And I think uh, you, you can never do anything on your own. You have to have other people around you to help you. And he's definitely helpful. The experience I've, I've had at coming to Thrive Time uh, workshops is I was never upsold anything. I mean, I come in, they do exactly what they say they're going to do, and they leave it up to you to follow up and do the work. And uh, I think that's the way it should be. So it's very straightforward and they do what they say. I recommend that everybody should, should check out Thrive Time Workshop because there's so much knowledge and information there that you can use to help you run your business. And like I said before, I, I don't think you can do anything completely on your own. And when you have so much um, resource and knowledge in one area, you can use all of that and, and get exactly what you need. All right, Thrive Nation, people tuning in from Oklahoma, from America, from the rest of the continent, perhaps South America, Mexico, Canada, Mars, Mar people tuning in from Mars. Hello and welcome to the Thrive Time Show on the radio. This is America's number one business radio show. It's business school without the BS. And yes, my name is Clay Clark, your co-host with the Mo Oast, my partner in crime, my partner, I guess in non-crime. We don't commit crimes. We never commit crimes. My partner, Dr. Robert Zellner, he is typically, whoa, got excited. My partner is typically, I'm very emotional. My partner is typically uh, uh, here with us on the, on, the, on the magical microphones. But today, Dr. Zellner, he is out expanding his vast entrepreneurial empire. And uh, so we, we miss him. We wish him well. We will see him soon. And so we have brought on, really, I mean, it's hard to fill the shoes of Dr. Zellner. So we brought in a guy who not only fills the shoes, but he's actually a business coach who's coaching people. There's so many people like you who are listening to the show and you've built a business. And what's happening is the business is not producing the time freedom and the financial freedom that you want it to produce. The business is not producing the time freedom and financial freedom you want to produce. You started the business so you could get free, but now you're actually trapped. You're enslaved by it. The employees have become terrorists, and they're in charge of your business. They tell you when they're going to work. They tell you when they're not going to work. They're going to tell you what they're going to do, what they're not going to do. You now are, are, are working seven days a week to accommodate their endless requests and demands, and you are worn out. You have hit the bottom. You started from the bottom, and now you're at the bottom. You started from the bottom, and now you're at the bottom. And so what you need right now is you need two things. One, you need some, some baked beans. Baked, Oklahoma Joe's. Baked beans? You need baked beans. Uh, baked beans? Why would I need baked beans when my company's falling apart? How can I possibly focus on baked beans when I've... Well, I'm going to tell you what. Calm, calm down there. Calm down there. What you do is you need to get out there to Oklahoma Joe's, the world's best baked beans. Treat yourself because... One, they are a shameless sponsor of this program, and I am a shameless endorser. And anybody who puts their money where my mouth is is somebody that I will shamelessly endorse. 
Second reason, because it's good, you owe it to your body. You owe it to your mouth. And as a man who's not in shape, but a man who's A-shape, I can tell you (laughs) there's nothing that I eat more than Oklahoma Joe's. So get on out there and enjoy the food. Robert, now we're getting into today's topic, which is management, how to get stuff done, how to execute. Go for it, my friend. What questions do the Thrivers have? Get stuff done, execute, and how do you handle those tough situations that happen every single day, right? It's the situations that they don't necessarily dedicate entire business books towards. Uh, People aren't doing TED Talks on these, right? But it's the situations that affect a lot of you guys every single day. And so we went over how do you handle people bringing in drama, right? How do you handle a situation where where uh, employees are actually stealing, right, money from your business? No. Actually, actually using the, the business accounts for personal expenses. Here's another question for you. How do you deal with an employee who was once an A player, right? They are on top of things. They uh, arrived early. They over-delivered. They executed. And they couldn't stand to be around BNC players. How do you deal with an employee who's been an A player but has kind of drifted and, and, and is now a C player? So once they were great, and now they're the worst. I'm going to cue up a song that um, is, is indicative of what I'm talking about. So here we go. To show a Fiji I was cool. And when I finally got sober, felt 10 years older, but Whoa. something to do. I'm living out in L.A. I drive a sports car just to prove I'm a real big baller because I made a million dollars. If you know this song, don't feel guilty, but feel free to, to sing along. Keep going. Here we go. If you're over 40, hang in. Hang in there if you're over 40. If you're under 40, you know it. If you're over 40, it's not called the Facebook. (laughs) It's called Facebook. If you're under 40, you know it. Okay, that song right there is written by a guy by the name of Mike Posner. And uh, I've actually spoken to Mike Posner on multiple occasions. I actually have an uncashed check in my car right now that I wrote to Mike Posner that he sent back to me. True story. To Why did he send it back? Uh, I'll get into it. This is the deal. Uh, Mike Posner um, wrote uh, music for a long, long time that was very good. Um, it was songs that you've probably heard um, on the radio. And uh, let me cue up a couple songs that you might know that, you know, you might know these songs. And I'll kind of give you a context here. You remember the song there, Thrivers? This came out back 2001-ish, 2002. So he basically wrote pop music. And at one point he woke up and realized that he no longer believed in the way he used to believe. He, he was a number one recording artist, top 40 artist. He performed here in Tulsa many times. And he just realized, I uh, don't believe the way I used to believe. And success, um, there's a thing John Maxwell writes about called the law of the lid. And basically, you can get promoted to your level of incompetence. So let me just explain to you how this works. Um, Dr. Zellner has a thing called the rule of 10. And I don't care who you are, you can't reach the man unless you're on his list. And he does that for time blocking, you know. So it's so as an example, 
Um, elephant in the room, we have, you know, 84 employees, right? Uh, we have almost 4,000 members right now, okay? And then we have like 8,000 people that we see a month. And typically 1% of people get upset. And I used to take pride in calling anybody who was upset, you know, when we first started, you know? Yeah. Because I want to learn from those people. Well, now I can't because I just, it's not possible. I mean, 1% of 4,000 people are upset about something, that's 40 people. And uh, there's 1% of 8,000 people, that's 80 people. And then if every employee has just one question, you can't um, respond because there's almost 90 of them. Like 120 people reaching out to you a day. Right. And so in aggregate, there's 700-something employees, I believe, between Dr. Zellner and myself. So it's impossible to respond to them. I mean, I don't even know... Um, the names of a lot of people anymore. I, I don't know who they are. And so um, I walk into some of the stores. A lot of people don't even know who I am. And so it's, it's kind of freeing in that regard. A lot of people don't know that I'm a customer, that I'm a, a owner. They don't know. And so what happens is, is that um, I had to learn that. It was very hard for me because I prided myself on knowing everybody's name and really um, connecting. I was kind of like uh, uh, Cheers. You remember that, that, that the, uh, the, the TV show back in the day called Cheers? Never heard of it. No. No, I'm just kidding. No, it was the uh, it was the, the Cheers soundtrack, you know, and it was uh, what was it? Um, sometimes you wanna go where everybody knows your name, boom, 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 and that was the the song. Well, now it's kind of let me let me get it queued up here. There it is. Here, here, let me cue this up. Thrivers, if you're under if you're over forty, you know this one. If you're over forty. Everything you've got. Come on, Thrivers. Taking a break from all your but Woody Harrelson was funny. Would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Come on, if you're over 40, sing it. Come on. So, so, oh, come on, drivers. <laughs> come on, drivers, get ready. Remember when Woody Harrelson was funny? He didn't play psychos back then. Ted Danson? Oh, come on now, drivers, get ready. You wanna go? Oh, put your hands up. Wave around like you just don't care, but I know you do. Oh, oh, work it. Okay. So the thing is, I used to pride myself on knowing everyone's name. I was like, Hey, what's going on, Robert? So good to see you, Sam. And then at a certain point, I realized I, I am emotionally an un, an unstable person. If I try to respond to all their calls, I'm always behind. I feel like I'm always missing something. And so I, Z taught me the importance of delegation and these things. Well, Posner was trying to interact. You know, this guy put his cell phone number on his website where you could call him and text him. And I mean, this is like, so he's starting to have like meltdowns. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, long story short, he starts doing drugs. And he wrote this song called I Took a Pill in Ibiza all about drugs. And uh, he was actually going to be a Thrive 15 mentor. And he decided not to because he just didn't feel like it was ethical to be a mentor when he no longer lived the life he used to live, which is I'm, I'm thankful he was honest about that. Right. And now he has green hair and he travels around the world getting uh, singing with people who are largely covered in tattoos about drugs. And uh, the thing is, is that he was once an A player in, in my mind. Maybe he's an A player in his mind, but he no longer is who I he used to be. You know, he's no longer that that person. And so I always love to believe in the best. I love, I love to um, help people. And so I have had um, difficult conversations with people. And one of my favorite employees, um, true story, is now living in a federal prison. Uh, one of my favorite guys of all time. And it just it was a deal where he was doing a good job for a long time. I confronted him about the thing, and he didn't want to change. And I can tell you out of all the people that I've employed over the years that um, were once A players, that began to get into drugs or bad lifestyles. I can only think of like three 
out of maybe 500 who've actually turned their life around as a result of me talking to them. Because people have to want to change. And people change seldom. And so you meet with somebody and you try to show them the way. You try to encourage them. You try to love on them. But at the end of the day, if we have a drug-free workplace, we can't see your face in the office anymore if you're fired, right? So stay tuned. ThriveTimeShow.com. Sam Parker. Okay. I'm Karina Parker. We live here in town. Um, we're looking to be in like the food industry. Thrive Time workshops, we've learned about advertising and what we need to do to get our name out there, what we need to do to get to the top of Google, uh, you know, the necessary steps that we need to take right now to get to where we want to be. The Thrive Time workshop experience is, is really um, encouraging and it's, it's great hands-on um, information and stuff that we can relate to because we're able to talk to people here that are going through the same stuff that we are. There's motivation everywhere. If you don't feel motivated, then something's wrong with you. He's very upbeat. All over the walls. Yeah. Uh, he's very funny, uh, like a comedian, but at the same time, he wants you to learn. And so if you have any questions, he's willing to help you and uh, talk you through anything, any questions that you have, but at the same time making it fun and encouraging for you. He's also very candid. He doesn't hold anything back that most people are like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't say that because it's offensive. Yeah, you can he, tell he's being real. He doesn't real. care about offending people. No, he just wants to help you. <laughs> so I heard an advertisement that said to leave your wallet at home, and I mean, that's what it's been the whole time. It hasn't been like, oh, make sure you stop by our table in the back and buy 10 books and sign up for a two-year subscription with us. It was just like, hey, you know, what we do offer, there wasn't pressure, and it's a month-to-month -month thing. It's not like you're signing your life away. Welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. My name is Clay Clark. I'm the former SBA Entrepreneur of the Year. I'm a recovering disc jockey. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's my truth. That's my thing. I used to be a disc jockey. I'm sorry, Mom. That's my truth. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, I, my dad's no longer with us. He's up there in heaven. Uh, Dad, I'm really sorry about my life choices. I'm sorry I became a disc jockey. I, re I realize you were praying that I would become something awesome like a carny. And you're like, you're like, at least my son can become a carny. The man has no discernible skills and a lot of ambition. Could he please become a carny? I, and I, I don't know. I mean, as a kid, you know, you're always trying. You're always worried about kind of listening too close to the parents' door because weird stuff happens there sometimes. But you want to also know what they're saying. And so I felt like I heard my dad say one time in a prayer. I felt like, and I'm, I'm sure he didn't, but I felt like I heard him say, please let him become successful Something like at least a carny, just a carny. But <laughs> I, 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 but I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I didn't have what it took, uh, and and so I, I start settled to become a disc jockey. Um, and in all, in all seriousness, I grew DJ Connection to be the world's largest wedding entertainment company. Those of you who remember it at its peak, you'd walk into the call center. We'd book about forty. What forty? Yeah, forty weddings on a Saturday, eighty in a week, eighty in a week. Yeah, and uh, and then I sold it. Took some of that money, bought some other businesses, started some other businesses, and now I'm involved in uh, helping companies like OxyFresh, UPS. I've spoken for those guys. I've spoken for Hewlett Packard, Valspar Paint. I've spoken for 
I don't know, Maytag. Uh, my mother, you know, doesn't do Bunko, but if she did, she probably would hire me, I think. And so I've done a lot of, uh, you know, things, and now the elephant in the room is doing well. And then uh, I was fortunate enough to be uh, the, the my favorite moment. I actually cried when it happened, um, but I uh, reached out to Dr. Zellner repeatedly and asked him to uh, partner with me because my wife worked for him, and I was just in awe and honor of what he's done and he grew up the same way I did, and I really wanted to have a mentor in my life, someone who could show me the proven path. And every time I asked him, he, he said no. Um, and I think it's because he has a rational mind that works, and he's aware of what a bad business idea looks like. And all of the ideas I pitched to him for a long time were bad. And then once I had had some success, I got kind of my weight up a little bit. I kind of was in his league a little bit, almost. I pitched him uh, the Thrive15.com idea at Cedar Ridge Country Club. And he says yes, and he'll, he doesn't know, I don't know he knows this, so if he's listening, hopefully he enjoys this at my expense. But I just bawled like a baby in my car for a good hour after it happened. Like an hour? Said yes. Yeah, it was like, it was brutal. It was like I'm in my car, just, <laughs> just so good. Because it was like a thing where I had wanted it to happen, and I knew that if we teamed up, something magic would happen, and um, it's been an honor. So anyway, Dr. Z, I know you're listening from afar as you're growing, as you're up there growing your vast entrepreneurial empire. I hope you're proud of me. I hope I never let you down and, uh, you're the best. You're honestly kind of like my dad 2.0. My dad passed away and you filled that role and, uh, it's been awesome. So, um, for anybody who knows Dr. Zellner, uh, he's the best. So, Dr. Z, thank you. And so today what we're, we're talking about is we're talking about management. And so many people, um, you know, you, you, you want to start a successful company. And so you do. Learned, you want to sell something. And so you figure it out. But then once you start selling a lot of things, you start to have to manage people. And managing people is hard. In fact, John D. Rockefeller, this was the guy who's the world's wealthiest man ever in the history of the planet he is the world's wealthiest man by today's money. If you just count in terms of money, I mean, who looks, who counts wealth based on money? To me, it's based on happiness. Well, whatever, buddy. But the thing is, he could buy everything that Bill Gates has multiple times. I mean, he's he could swallow the Bill, Ga Bill Gates and Warren Buffett net worth combined multiple times. And he says this, he says, the ability to deal with people is as purchasable a commodity as sugar or coffee. And I will pay more for that ability than any other under the sun. And why is he saying that? Because it is so hard to manage good people. You just It's so hard to manage bad people. It's so hard to manage it all. And then Tim Ferriss goes on. This is a best-selling author of The 4-Hour Workweek. He says this notable quotable. He says, a person's success in life can usually be measured by the number of uncomfortable conversations he or she is willing to have. Uncomfortable. So Robert Redmond is one of our business coaches. And I'm telling you what, Robert is a fine young man. He is a business coach who cares deeply about his clients. His subconscious mind, your conscious mind is like what um, is happening when you're cognitively aware. You know, you're awake and you're... you're um, you, you, you're awake and you're, you're talking, you're engaging, you're, you're, but your subconscious mind is your mind when you're like walking the dog, when you're driving to work, when you're in the shower, his subconscious mind works on behalf of his clients. He thinks about his clients when he wakes up. He literally obsesses about their successes. And I've, I've seen it happen uh, routinely where he'll think about the client and he's not in the meeting. They haven't emailed him. He's just thinking about it. And because he does that, he's able to implement the proven strategies 
that Dr. Z and I have created over the years, the best practices, the, the, the proven case studies. And so Robert has um, made a list. And he sort of he's talked to hundreds of people, business, real, real business owners, and they have some questions from coast to coast about management. And so, Robert, I want to hear the questions that the, 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 the business owners that you talk to on a daily basis have, my man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and to validate what you're saying, right, because, Clay, I really appreciate really appreciate being under your mentorship, being a part of the awesome, amazing things we're doing here uh, at Thrive 15. Uh, but just this morning, actually, I was, I was getting up. It was about 4.30 a.m., and uh, the first thing <laughs> entered my mind uh, this morning was, oh, my gosh, we got to th- fix this problem with the Dream 100 for the specific client meeting that I have today. So you wake up at what time? It was 4.30 a.m. this morning. So 4.30 a.m., all of a sudden, it's like a... And you, what did you think? It, it was, uh, we had to fix this specific uh, issue with the Dream 100 where someone wasn't reaching out to their ideal and likely buyers. They put a bunch of companies on the list that, that weren't, weren't the right fits. Now, um, people ask, well, how does somebody become a business coach? Um, well, the business coach has to be somebody who executes the plan, somebody who does um, what they're supposed to do. And uh, um, it's hard to find people that will do that. And so um, I was unable to get Bill Belichick on the program, but I was able to mic Bill Belichick and I was able to get some audio clips that he had um, out there that, that, that sort of explained the mindset that somebody has to have to be a successful business coach. And here's audio clip number one. I mean, that's, that's Bill Belichick. Now, sound clip number two, I, I was able to mix in some epic music there. You probably noticed that. Now, this next one, I didn't get the epic music, but this is what Bill Belichick said. Uh, I mic'd him. I was trying to ask him about what, what does it take to be a good coach? Look, I can't put you in a game if you don't know consistently what to do. All right? It's, you can't do it. Penalties, first and 20s, first and 15s. We, we can't play that way. All right? you got to look just relax but you got to concentrate on what the hell you're doing all right <laughs> offensive football is execution and assignment football know your job carry out your assignment and get it done we we can't play like this okay that's basically what a business coach is i mean you have to know the plays but right. you got to do the plays right and so uh, robert knows the plays executes the plays so robert what business questions do the thrivers have about management today all right so so how do you deal how do you handle employees who may have been with you for a long time yep right uh they're they're your go-to guys right or gals how do you handle employees that after they've been with you for a long time they begin to develop a sense of entitlement well one it's shame on you if you let people drift so that's important shame on you you repeat that shame on you if you let people drift you need to have key performance indicators they're called kpis they are referenced in uh, the book traction by Gino Wickman, and uh, they're referenced by Jack Welch in his book Winning. You know, the number one, the most successful CEO, arguably, of our time, Jack Welch, you know, CEO of GE. He grew the company by 4,000%. 4,000. 4,000. So the thing about Jack Welch and the thing about Gino Wickman, and you're like, who's Gino Wickman? He's an unbelievable business coach, very expensive program, but very good. Steve Jobs talks about this. But the thing is you have to, every, all your teammates have to know their key performance indicators. And what you do is you manage based upon the numbers because the numbers aren't emotional. So you hold people accountable to the output, not to their input from their emotions. I don't care about their emotional input. I care about their output. So if somebody misses their numbers one day, I pull them aside and I'd say, hey, um, what's going on? And about two-thirds of the time, it's an emotional issue. 
Um, you know, the human body is comprised two-thirds of water, you know. But you don't look at humans and go, look at that water man. It's a water man. His whole body is made of water. No, you typically think of people as not water, right? And so when you look at people, you don't think of them as an emotional basket case. You you don't look at someone and go, this person's an emotionally irrational wreck. This person's an idiot. No, you typically, you know, don't think about people that way. But the reality is, is the emotions um, affect a lot of things. And only, and, and, and only, a lot of things. And the only people who really dominate on this planet are people who can dominate their own emotions, you know? And so uh, Andrew Carnegie talked about how people, this is a notable quotable from Andrew Carnegie, the world's wealthiest man during his time before Rockefeller beat him like a drum. But this is what he said. He said that people who cannot motivate themselves must be content with mediocrity, no matter how impressive their skills. So that, that's sort of an offensive quote by Andrew Carnegie. And so the thing is, is that there's a lot of people who are motivated and they're demotivated. I'm motivated. I'm demotivated. I'm motivated. I'm demotivated. I'm so excited. I'm going to set a sales record. I don't know if I want to come to work here anymore. Roller and so coaster. When you see somebody drift, you immediately call them and hold them accountable. And that's why you want to have a daily huddle with your team, probably a 10-minute meeting every day where you hold them accountable to them. I say probably, a definitely at least a 10-minute meeting with your team every day. Never more than 30 minutes, but a 10-minute meeting with your team every day to hold them accountable to their key performance indicators. And when you do that, you prevent people from drifting. But if people drift too far... Oh, man, you're going to have to I mean if somebody if you walk into someone's office, I remember walking into the office upstairs at Thrive about um, two years ago and I was on vacation for one like I was on a, I was on a event where I was interviewing the guy who invented the spin class. <laughs> I didn't got him in the name of Johnny. Have you watched his videos yet? I, I haven't, but dude, you got to go to. Th I'm not kidding. You got to go to thrive15.com. You got to go on there. Use your account. Watch his videos. Who is it? Johnny G. He invented the spin class. I mean, he invented this $100 million crazy. The, the whole idea of riding a stationary bike and making it almost spiritual, that's him, Johnny G. Wow. And he lives in a dojo. That's how I decided to build my property, how I'm doing it, is based off of him. I mean, I, 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 his, he's created his own physical, literal dojo in Santa Barbara. It's awesome. I mean, it's he has actual dojos and pathways. You get to see it on the video. It's awesome. I'll check it out, yeah. But Johnny G, um, you know, he, he basically, um, you know, built this huge movement and this huge um, momentum behind the, the, the spin class, but he was able to motivate himself consistently to get things done. And most people just can't hang with that level of motivation needed to be successful. And so I would just say, if, you, if you're starting to drift... You, you, if you see someone drifting, you immediately want to call, call them out on it and hold them accountable. Um, and if they don't, you just got to replace them. That's been a key theme, I think, throughout this whole talk is confront, hold someone accountable. And then if they're not willing to make the adjustments and necessary changes, you got to replace them. Yeah. And if you don't want to do that, I have an audio clip for you that the Dr. Z couldn't be here today. So he recorded an audio clip for you, a little word of encouragement. If you don't want to fire people that won't perform. Now, you kids are probably saying to yourselves, hey, I'm going to go out and I'm going to get the world by the tail and wrap it around and pull it down and put it in my pocket. Well, I'm here to tell you that you're probably going to find out as you go out there that you're not going to amount to jack squat. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's pretty intense. But, Thriver, stay tuned. We come back. We're going to talk about more about managing humans on the planet Earth. Stay tuned.
My name is Sean Lohman, and I'm from here in Tulsa, actually, Owasso. I own a residential redevelopment company, so I buy properties, and then I fix them up, and then I sell them for a profit. Well, Thrive is very non-industry specific. So when we come here, there's business owners from all different aspects of business. You know, they're doing all different industries, and he's teaching us how to look at it from that angle because he's he owns nine businesses clay clark owns nine businesses so he's he knows what's in common with all of them so he's teaching these big principles things like just the backbone of how a sales conversation should look or specifically what your your marketing campaign needs to look like in order to make it be sustainable um, those are some of the biggest things that i'm going to take away and implement immediately it's, a, it's an intimate environment, you know, there's less than less than 30 people here, business owners, so you get a chance to ask questions and it's just really informative and um, inspiring. Oh, this place is cool. There's a lot going on in here. There's a lot to look at. Um, there's a lot of uh, inspiring and motivational things on the walls and lots of accomplishments and just uh, a very cool yet productive atmosphere. I'm coming in here yesterday and you know we're, there's a sales team in here, it was Friday. So you know they're, they're ringing appointment bells and hitting gongs when they're making sales and it's just a really um, motivating environment to be in to see you know, how, this, how this business is done basically. Clay's presentation style is really great. This is kind of a no BS, very direct sort of style, but he'll also get you know, non-specific with, with what he's teaching and then he'll get very specific and he'll use stories throughout the process to really help it connect to you and, and make it implementable. Consistently, he is, he's offered an opportunity to ask questions at the end of each workshop. And so that's really where you know, the learning takes place, is asking those questions and, and getting those direct answers so that we can you know, take those action items away from that. Uh, I don't see enough questions being asked, and sometimes that's just natural. Um, but if people are missing out on the opportunity to ask questions, they're missing out on the opportunity to learn. And so if there's anything that's going to stop you from learning and growing, it's you. If you're here, you're going to learn and grow as long as you're motivated to do that. And these other seminars that I've, I went to six actually in the last year. So uh, of these six, uh, at, at every single opportunity, you know, at the end, always, there's always a back of the room thing. Hey, you can spend a little money here and get this or that or this. And although those things are helpful, that's not always necessarily the best feeling we want to get. So he wants us all to know, and he's very clear about the fact that he's not trying to upsell us anything. His motivations are different. He's not trying to sell us. He's trying to help us. He's trying to mentor us. And he's very open about it. So I'd say it's, it's awesome. That aspect of it's awesome. We need more people who are motivated in this world. We need more people who are willing to become entrepreneurs, who are willing to create jobs. We need more of that. There's not enough of it. So that's, the, to me, the message. That's the, the goal is mentor a million people is this company's idea. And it's a beautiful idea and I'm behind it 100%. So I want to contribute in any way I can as I move forward. This is just awesome. All right, welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. My name is Clay Clark. I'm the former SBA, as United States Small Business Administration Entrepreneur of the Year, the father of five human kids, the co-founder of Elephant in the Room, and the lead actor, the main, the main actor in such feature films, such big movies, such award-winning films as... Okay, so I haven't been in any movies, but the thing is, Thrive Nation, I am here for you. 
This is your daily rendezvous where you get to answer, uh, you get the answers to any business questions you could possibly have. You can text us right now, 918-851-6920. I dare you. 918-851-6920. I dare you. If you text that number, we always answer. You always answer? Yep, thousands of people have texted that number, and we always answer. And you know why we answer? Because this is my mission. I am on a mission to get you in a great financial position, and therefore we talk about the stuff behind the stuff, the stuff that gets kind of rough. It's, it's the stuff where you go, man, they don't teach that at business school. So if you're good enough at selling something and good enough at marketing something, good enough at, at producing a product that people want, eventually you're going to have to manage people, and that's where it starts to get weird. And so today we're joined with the legendary, often imitated but never duplicated, Robert Redmond here, legendary. the business coach. Wow. Legendary. Wow. I mean, I've, I've duplicated him once or twice. Whoa, whoa. You cloning people now, Sam? That's no, it was imitation, Sam. Unbelievable. He's making like a, it's kind of like he's 3D printing you. Okay, but here's the thing. That's, that's so weird. But anyway, <laughs> so what we're doing here is Robert's going to ask some questions at the Thrivers that are indicative of what many of the Thrivers have been asking at workshops and during the one-on-one -on -one business coaching session. So Robert, hit it. So business, right? You are the captain of a ship. You're sailing the ship. Your entrepreneurship. Oh, oh. it's over. We're done. Thanks, <laughs> folks. Uh, no, but but you're the captain of the ship, and you're headed towards Treasure Island. Are right, uh, and and you got a team of uh, or or or, or uh, a boatload, boats of uh, pirates chasing you, and a ship behind you. Right, so you're navigating a ship. You're going to Treasure Island, but then there's pirates who are wanting to, you know, uh, blunder you. They're wanting to take all of you. They're, they're, they're wanting to destroy you so they can get the treasure, right? Right. And then on the ship, each person has a role. Each person has to maintain the role or else the ship won't get to Treasure Island and you'll be destroyed by the pirates, okay? Oh, yes. So, so you're on the strip, you're headed to Treasure Island, you got pirates behind you, you're the captain, and that's a lot like what entrepreneurship is right. Like you're chasing a bag of gold, right? Are you ready? While a lion is, 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 is chasing after you, right? Walk the plank. And so uh, you gotta keep everyone in their specific roles, right? You gotta keep people meaning the mast and the crow's nest and making the food. But sometimes people drift, sometimes people get distracted. And I've found a lot of people often uh, uh, get distracted uh, uh, by, you know, problems that they have in their life. And so here's my question. That was a big buildup, but here's my question, right? Are you ready for the answer? What do you do when you find out an employee is using drugs or has an alcohol, like a rum problem? Like, 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 what do you do? And that distracts them. They're not able to fulfill the role in their ship. The, the ship Robert, I'm going to tell you this. What is a pirate's favorite letter? A. R. 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 Okay. R. Now, what's a pirate's favorite restaurant, Robert? Uh, I will say McDonald's. Arby's. Arby's. R. R. Now, what's a pirate's favorite question? Uh, Are you ready? <laughs> All right, so here we go. So we're now getting into pirate talk for 500 points. No, no, this is what you do. When someone has a, an alcohol or a drug problem, um, there's three levels you approach it. I was taught this by several mentors. and I, I, some, Thrivers, I apologize sometimes if I talk too fast or I give you too much because I want to make sure I give it to you. And I, I know it now like on an intuitive level because I've been doing this forever. So I'm going to give it to you. But I want to give you time to get out a piece of paper or something to write this down, okay? And then, Robert, I'm going to go through each one. You can kind of unpack them with Got me, it. okay? okay? 
So move number one is people don't know, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That's that's John Maxwell, the best-selling author of 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Again, people don't know, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Move number two is Jack Welch. Manage everyone differently. What? Now, management three, move number three, this is Dr. Zellner, do what's best for the business. So, Robert, let's unpack all three here. So let's go with the first one. Got it. So um, people don't care what you know unless they know that you care. Yeah. How does that relate to people having a drug and an alcohol problem? I pulled a guy aside. Uh, this is one of the good stories. This is one of the three or four stories. I pulled a guy aside who was drunk as a skunk at work one day. And I said, uh, what's wrong? And he said, uh, uh, I don't want to talk about it. And I said, we need to talk about it because you're intoxicated and I could fire you. You know what I mean? That could be a thing. And I, that's not where I'm coming at. I need, I need to, I'm not going for that. I'm trying to figure it out. Talking to a mildly drunk person or an extreme drunk person can be tough. We sit him down and uh, he explains to me that his wife had a miscarriage. And uh, it was bad. It was near the end. My wife and I had a miscarriage, you know, very near the end as well. And so I, I, I know what that feels like, you know. And I said, so, and he'd never been drunk before. And I said, so what, what did you, what, what happened? He goes, so I just dropped by a bar on the way here. I slammed a couple, I hadn't eaten anything this morning. I slammed a couple beers and, and I just, you know, he's just, I, I'm sorry. Well, that was a deal where it's like, you know what, man, I need to do the compassionate thing and I need to keep it private and discreet. And I need to just drive him home and talk to him. And we embraced, he cried. Never had a problem with him. Never again. He made the adjustments. He did. But, you know, it was a thing where he didn't know how to respond. Everyone self-medicates. Some people self-medicate by not dealing with the issue. Some people medicate by fitness. Some people medicate by church. So, and everyone finds a way to cope. I recommend that you um, do your best and give God, you know, the rest. You, that's what I think you should do. You just say, God, you know, I can't handle it. Take this burden from me, and you just do your best. That's, that's, what, I was, I, that's what I think you should do. I know my, my dad was dying of ALS. I mean, that's what I did. I, I didn't understand how a good God, and I do believe God is good. I don't understand how it could happen where, you know, a good God, and he is good, um, could allow this to happen. And you can read verses about it, and you can study theology. You can go to Oral Roberts like I did. But at the end of the day, it's brutal when it's happening. When your dad suffocates in front of you, and you literally are with your dad at the moment that he dies, which I was, I don't know how you, I don't know how you deal with that. So I understand if someone's going coping. So move number two, though. What was move number two there, Robert? Move number two. Move number two was uh, you, you have to manage everyone differently. Yeah, Jack Welch. And so Jack Welch pointed out there's some people who, you know, are A players. They're all stars. And you want to have some grace with them, right? Because they get it done every day. Some people are underperformers. They don't get anything done. They're awful. They just don't get anything done. So you don't want to have a lot of grace. You want to say, listen here, this is the handbook. This is the rules. You've chose to violate it. I'm going to write you up. If it happens again, you're gone. So you don't need to feel this need to run around making life fair. Life is not fair, and it's not going to be fair, and it's not up to you to make it fair. You don't, shouldn't feel like you need to make it fair. And when we come back, we're going to get more into how to handle an employee with a drug problem. But in the meantime, we're going to listen to some incredible uh, Jack Sparrow-inspired Pirates of the Caribbean theme music. Great movie. The first one was great. There's a new one coming out. I'm tired of them, but they're gonna, I'm going to probably go see it. 
I'm tired of it, but I'm going to go see it. New Transformers. Let's see. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's, it's always something we see, even though we don't want to see it. But anyway, stay tuned. DriveTimeShow.com. My name is Tyler Schultz with Witness Security from here in Tulsa. Well, I actually started listening to uh, Thrive on the radio, 1170, and uh, then I got my dad into uh, listening to the show. And then it actually turned into Clay gave us a call and uh, we started actually working with Clay on a weekly basis. He's helped us drastically when it comes to the SEO getting us high, a little bit higher in different markets. Uh, we then he offered the conference and just learned a lot when it comes to the sales and uh, the employee side of things. It's gonna help our business drastically. Oh, very uh, intuitive, just uh, pulling you in to break down each part of your business. Uh, the interview process, the employee process, uh, if employees not working out, you let them go. It's a drastic experience. You just have to come and check it out. I mean, there's so many things that they can help you with. Clay's a funny guy. Uh, he just wants to get into each and every uh, person's business and help you out. Oh, I know I've asked a couple of questions and he's uh, broken down that question and answered it uh, in several different ways. There, there are so many different things. The SEO, uh, first and foremost, he will help you get the, the more business coming in. And then once that is coming in, then he uh, helps you with the employee process of, uh, do I need to hire more people? Do I need, what, what do I need to put in place? And he gets you there. You hear of all the other different type conferences, and I, I myself have never been to one, but uh, the walking on coals and all that stuff, that just seems like a bunch of hype that isn't really needed. And I know of several people that have gone to those type conferences, and yet they haven't, because there's no action, actionable deals, you really don't have any moving forward steps. It's just hype, and it's not needed. Well, just the cost in and of itself versus $6,000 for one conference and no actionable steps versus $1,500 and there is actionable steps. Uh, you can't beat it. back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. My name is Clay Clark, the former SBA Entrepreneur of the Year, sitting here to help you succeed. And I, I want to make sure that you understand what I'm trying to communicate. And, and the, the word communicate, or maybe if you look at the word common union, communion, in a religious context, you know, communion, we know what that means. A lot of people know communion as uh, take this bread to represent the body of Christ. It's a very reverent thing. Uh, the, the, the wine represents Christ's blood. I'm not talking about common union in a, in, a, in, a, in a religious context. I'm talking about common union, meaning that we now have a common union, you and me. 
This show's for you. This show's for me. I want to make sure you're understanding this. The reason why I do this show is twofold. Um, one is it's very cathartic for me. Um, and cathartic is maybe not a word that everyone here is familiar with, so I'm going to go ahead and read it to you. Cathartic, um, if a psychologist is referring to this, it means to providing psychological relief through the open expression of strong emotions, thus causing catharsis. Like if someone passes away, a lot of people want to tell people about it, and they want to talk about it. And as a business owner, um, people ask me all the time, you know, can we meet for lunch? And I want to meet for lunch, but I also want to stay married. You know, this is kind of the thing. I want to stay married. And so I used to meet, and I'm not exaggerating, I used to meet about 45 25 to 45 people a week for lunch. I don't know if people know that. I used to meet, you know, like a lunch, like every hour. Like I would do a lunch, like, hey, let's meet for lunch. I'm doing the math here, 25 to 45 a week for lunch. Did you get fat? Um, I did when I was raising money for Thrive. I had to do a lot of venture capital dinners. And I did. I just ate all the time. You just ate a lot. But so I would meet people at Panera. So if a guy said, hey, can I pick your brain? i go, yeah, let's meet at Panera at 9. And then let's meet at 9.30. Let's meet at 10. And I would just keep booting back to back to back. And I'm meeting with young men and women. And uh, who are trying to grow their business, and uh, I would just—I didn't charge anything. I just did it because I had the financial freedom. You know, a lot of people say, "Why did you run for mayor of Tulsa? Why did you do that?" I had a lot of time freedom. I mean, I had nothing to do. Do you remember the first time that you ever met with me, Clay? Nope. <laughs> I came to your office, and uh, I, I just was uh, getting out of college, and I wanted to like find mentorship and a person. You know, had a lot hmm. of questions, and so I uh, went to your office to ask you these questions. And instead of answering the questions, you tried to actually recruit me to become a salesperson to thrive. Really? Yeah. Awesome. I don't remember that at all, but uh, I probably blacked it out. It's probably that bad. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. When I, I do remember uh, one thing about you, is I remember that when, when I came home one day and I told my wife that Robert Redmond is coachable. A lot of people aren't coachable, like people that they don't, they don't want to get better. You know, it's like they, they know it all. You know, I, I know it all. I know it all. You know, uh, what I do is I am uh, very, very um, good at managing my business, which is why it's not ever profitable, you know. <laughs> and so um, this is a, a notable quote I'm going to read to you, and this will let you know whether you're coachable or not, right? Elon Musk, who built uh, Tesla, uh, PayPal, SpaceX. He's the wealthiest man in Los Angeles currently. He says, one lesson, Los Angeles, by the way, that's not Coweta, Los Angeles. He says, one lesson I learned at PayPal is to fire people faster. That sounds awful, but I think if, if, if someone is not working out, it's best to part ways sooner rather than later. It's a mistake to try too hard to make something work that really couldn't work. And so you had asked me, uh, what are the ways that you deal with, how do you deal with somebody who has an alcohol problem or a drug problem? And we talked about the three. Robert, recap, re -re recap the, first, the first move here. So the first move is that people don't care what you know unless they know that you care. What does that mean to you? What I think that means is it doesn't matter. A person doesn't really care about uh, what knowledge or, or wisdom that you have unless that they already know you care about them individually as a person. Then they're more open to the knowledge and wisdom advice you have to share with them. If they know, hey, I'm trying to do this because I actually care about you. Right. And so that's a weird thing because you got to make sure people know you care. Now, the second step is what? Manage everyone differently. And why do you have to manage people differently? I mean, from you, you, you've been in the office. We have a Rich who's up here tonight. Rich is a grinder. Rich is a grinder. He Rich here is, until 1 a.m. last night. He's a grinder. He's a new father, and he's a grinder. I mean, he will grind. He just wants to know what to grind, right? He wants to know, hey, show me the hole to dig. Give me the axe. I'll go do it. I mean, just, just give me the tool. Give me the shovel. Show me where to dig. I'll go do it. 
Now, there's other people in the office who are like, I don't want to waste any time digging. I want to know the perfect hole to dig. I don't want to start digging at all until I know it's the perfect spot. But Rich isn't like that. Rich is a grinder. He hates contemplating what to dig. He just wants to dig. Now, other people just want to know that they're going to have the perfect dig. They don't want to waste any energy. Well, you manage people differently because everyone's different. And if you can't grasp that concept, uh, you should embrace socialism and probably move to Spain. Okay, so the third move is what? Um, if, if I can't really read my handwriting here. I've written down, I, I believe, do what's necessary. Okay, now I want to make sure we're, we're getting this here, Thrivers. You want to do what's best for the business. Best for the business, Scott. Yeah, Dr. Z says you want to always do what's best for the business. So I've had uh, an employee who, true story, was a top performer. I'm talking about an unbelievable salesperson. But they were drunk as a skunk starting at 9 a.m. They just, they just drank all the time. And I said, here's the deal. I will have somebody pick you up and take you to work as long as you, when I pick you up, you don't have alcohol. We with You know, he's, really? So other employees came to me and said, you have someone drive this person to work? I go, yeah. Why? Why don't you drive everyone to work? I'm like, he's the best salesperson we have. And until we have somebody who's better, um, I'm going to do what I need to do, what's best for the business. Because the customers love him. He does a great job when he's at work. He just, for whatever reason, cannot make good decisions. And I, I want to help the guy out until, and we did that. And then at one point, uh, my wife, remember, she used to have to go wake this person up all the time. And we, we literally picked up this person. And then when we found a person who was better through the group interview, we always do interviewing. You're always interviewing. You never stop hiring. Then I had a talk and I said, listen, it's been about four weeks, five weeks. We've been picking you up to work every day. You've been clean. We have somebody now who I can hire who can do the job that you can do without needing me to pick them up. So I need you to go to an AA class and to commit to staying clean. And if you do, you can work here. But if not, I'm not going to drive you to work every week forever. You're not like a diva. I'm not going <laughs> to you know, chauffeur you around. And he says, I'll try. And he failed and we fired him. So that's, I mean, that's just how life is sometimes. So you just got to understand that. And then you, the business didn't suffer, right. right? Because you were able to hire someone to replace them. I see so many people who are caught up on this moral high ground stuff where they're like, well, I'll never treat anyone differently. I treat everybody the same and I'm going to, well, then your business probably is not very, very, doing very well at this point, you know? So you want to make sure that you um, treat everyone differently. And that's how I would handle somebody with a drug problem or an alcohol problem. That's how I would handle it. And Robert, when we come back, what's the next tough, raw, real business question that you have about Okay, management? it's about to get real, okay? What do you do whenever you find out you have an employee or employees that have been sleeping together oh, or sleeping oh, with customers? Billy. Okay, when you find out an employee has been sleeping with another employee or sleeping with a customer. Well, first off, you cue up this music. I'll tell you that. You go out there and you, you go to... You you just you buy them gift cards to Victoria's <laughs> Secret. You you just totally support them. <laughs> yeah, you support them. You you I don't ever want to judge. Encounter. You want to just no 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 thrivers. You don't you don't queue up Songbird and you don't what you do thrivers. Well, I'm gonna tell you what we're gonna do when we when we get back. I'm gonna tell you what to do when you see that people are doing improper things at the workplace. Carter, this is my wife Jensen. Uh, Watts, we have, she has a photography business that we're trying to get um, up and growing. So I, you know, listen to talk radio. I drive a lot for work um, and, you know, got tired of listening to radio all the time and I can't plug my 
phone into my truck is it's too old um, and so you know one day the Thrive show was just in place of the talk show I normally listen to um, and it was you know definitely more entertaining than most radio shows um, and so that's you know took about a week or two before I actually looked more into it I think it's wonderful it's it's been great it's a great environment um, I love the feel in here and I really love how you know entertaining uh, Clay can be as well um, yeah, I am so grateful to be here, and um, I've loved just learning everything. I'm, t I'm learning a lot about branding and how to market my business, because that's kind of where um, I've had a hard time is I can take pictures, I'm good at it, I have my prices and everything, but it's hard to get the clientele, so learning about the marketing has really helped me, and I can't wait to implement it into my own business after this, because it's been so great. We're so grateful to be here. I think yeah. I can go home and... Like, I have it written out, the, the steps that I need to take and, and everything, it's very practical. Yeah, a big thing that's, that's helped me, um, you know, even without business stuff, is just, you know, a, a mental attitude aspect they have that I can apply to my current job and current life. I love it. I am laughing a lot of the time and it's so entertaining and I, I just love being here. It's awesome. I I really like the smaller class group, um, so it is more of an interaction. Even if it isn't, you know, a constant, raise my hand. Here's the question. Here's the answer. Um, it's just that kind of feel. Just just a smaller. It's great. Yeah. They haven't tried to upsell us anything. It has all just been very knowledgeable, and they are just teaching you how to grow your business. So. Clay's yeah. been very giving with his his time. Um, his knowledge, his talents, um, you know, at work, you know what, when I was telling people about this, like, I hope you're not joining some get-rich scheme, <laughs> like, you know, even if it is, he's not going to charge me for it, so, yeah, I'd recommend it, um, I mean, I would even love to come again. All right, Thrive Nation, welcome back. We're having awkward conversations today on the Thrive Time Show. We're talking, seriously, we have many Thrivers who are wanting to know, how do I manage my people? And they don't want to ask the specific question. So Robert has been coaching real business owners, and he's sort of rounded up these awkward questions now here's the here's what i'll give you this example and thrivers calm down calm calm down calm down some don't don't take don't take a prescription drug here don't don't drink some alcohol i'm just telling you you need to calm down and you need to understand what i'm going to say in just a minute could sound offensive but it's the only analogy i can give you this is this is this is the only two analogies i can give you i drove down to dallas in a in a van it's an astro van i'm driving down to dallas and i get down to dallas and we're driving down there we go to a bridal show it's a show where you know brides go they book weddings that kind of thing and i treated the guys nicely we stayed at the big hyatt you know downtown dallas with the big ball on the top it's the big sphere at the top of it right in the middle of downtown dallas i believe it's a hyatt regency have you it seen is. that thing it is okay oh, so yeah. we stayed there and i uh, got the guys dinner and stuff and uh so we go out, uh, I took the guys out for dinner, 
when we're walking back from this restaurant, kind of in the warehouse district where there's, uh, you know, like the spaghetti warehouse, that kind of thing. So we're walking back, <laughs> and I noticed the empo- there's an employee of ours who is nude outside of his uh, tight, tidy whities his, his underwear. His, he's wearing uh, the tight underwear. He, he's closer to 300 pounds than 150, you know, um, <laughs> and he's about 5'7". And he's up there, and he's hanging on a Buddha. There's there's a Buddha, like a, a, a Buddha sculpture, a religious sculpture of could, a Buddha. Could you, is, could you tell which one was Buddha? Work with me on this. There is a <laughs> there is a fountain. There is a fountain that's water's flowing, and it's got to be like 15 feet in the air, maybe. And you know that scene from Star Wars where Luke, you know, Luke's talking with his dad, and he's like. You know, Luke, I am your father. Do you, do you remember that scene there, Robert? Have you ever seen that movie, Star I, Wars? I, I, yeah, yeah, I have. Um, I think it's actually one of the most popular scenes in movies ever. So, Well, I'll cue it up for the Thrivers who haven't seen it real quick here. So he's fighting with his dad. Normal stuff. He's fighting with his dad. They're getting into it. They're fighting. Lightsaber duel. Yeah, they're moving out. Darth Vader and Luke are fighting. They're moving out closer to this platform. And then, you know, so they're moving out. To this, and it's just weird. They always have these weird fights. They have these areas where they're fighting. And they're always fighting on these platforms where you could fall down thousands of feet. They're never f- fighting in like a field. Why? Why do they build these these uh, platforms <laughs> on these spaceships, like where you could just tumble and fall? Down? Yeah. And so Luke, you know, Luke's just you know he's fighting this guy, and he doesn't realize this guy's his dad. You know, so they're fighting. And uh, anyway, this is what happens here. Loses his hand. Working out family conflict happens all the time. Don't make me destroy you. Sounds kind of intense. Luke, you do not yet realize your importance. You have only begun to discover your power. Join me, and I will complete your training. With our combined strength, we can end this destructive. So he's conflict. now holding on to this pole in the middle of this 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 uh, this uh, place, this the space station, you know. In the uh, Cloud City, I think, that Lando Calrissian was That's in charge right. of. That's correct. Not that I'm a huge nerd, but seriously. No, but anyway, so they're, they're in charge of, so he's out there, you know, in this city, this Cloud City. And uh, what happens is, is he, you know, Darth Vader chops his arm off. And so now he's holding on to this, 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 this pad, barely holding on. Well, I see this man and he's barely holding on to this Buddha. 15 foot Buddha. And he is crazy drunk. And he's like, everybody. I am trying it down. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's going to fall. There's like marble. It's like a whole marble, like waterfall. Is this in the hotel? This, no, this is, he's outside in the middle of downtown Dallas somewhere. If you've been to downtown <laughs> Dallas and you've seen this Buddha, text us a picture. Email me a picture to info at thrive15.com if you've seen this Buddha. And it's water's flowing. Like, I am eating it down. Please help me down. So anyway, it's a huge dramatic thing. We have to have a guy walk out on a ledge, try to carry him in. And if he would have fallen, it's 15 feet. He wouldn't have died probably. He probably would have broke something. Get him in the hotel room. And I'm like, bro, how many drinks have you had? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I talked to one of the guys, and apparently he had like 20 Long Island iced teas or 15 or some insane number that could probably kill a man. Yeah. And he's so intoxicated at this point, he can't even like talk, you know? And so the next day, we don't even talk about it because it's like so awkward. <laughs> and for, for the longest time, <laughs> we wouldn't even slide. mention it. Yeah, so he's at the bridal show the next day, and he's so intoxicated that it's like we, we don't even talk about it. And that's what happens when those situations happen, Robert, where the employees do something that's so crazy. You almost don't know who you'd even turn to, and you almost feel ashamed 
as a business owner that maybe you have done something wrong to allow this situation to happen. You know what I'm saying? So go ahead and tee up the question again, because this is a, this is a tough question. Go so, for it. so it is a tough question, but it's a question that people experience, you know, regularly. I mean, there's a lot of people out there who have uh, 300 pound employees and whitey tidies hanging off a 15 foot Buddha, right? That's that's, no, a, no, that's I, a thing. And, and so, but but the real question is, how do you handle a situation where employees are sleeping together? Yeah, when so employees what, are sleeping with your customer. Well, step one, you want to have a handbook that states that that's not allowed. And so I have that stated in one of our businesses years ago. This is way in the past, so far in the distant past. We don't even know these people anymore. But what happens is, is it, I'm not kidding, a, a customer of ours um, was uh, uh, celebrating a wedding. And uh, she had a daughter. And uh, one of our employees decided to pursue said daughter. And I got a call from the groom going, hey, your guy is at the house of my 19-year-old daughter. Ooh. So it's weird. And so what you do is you you go through the handbook. And you're like, I don't think it says we should do that. And so you talk to the customer. Thankfully, there was no... Uh, you know, crazy stuff that happened. But the guy did walk in on this guy making out with his 19-year-old daughter. And the guy's like 35. Well, I immediately fired the guy. He had no previous criminal convictions or anything. So he wasn't illegal, but it's weird. Right. You know, 35, 19, something like that. It's like 16 years apart. Uh, 16 I mean, you want to be in those situations where your employees are, are making out with the daughter of the guy that's paying you. Yeah. So here's the deal. One is you definitely want to put it in the handbook. But two, you must take swift action. And the employee who just dragged the man off of the... Was it United? What I was, was just... That was, was going to be United? my last question. What do you do whenever you have a police officer pull someone out of their seat? Was it United? It was United. Okay. What was the name of the person who pulled the person off the plane? Uh, it was a police officer. What was the name of the person, Sam? What was the name? I have, I have no idea. Do you know? That's my point. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. No, right. no you know United. So you're blaming, we blame United exactly. for being a bad company. Right. We don't blame the complete moron who works for United. And I'm going to say this because I'm an employer. Screw that person. Screw that idiot. That person who did that bad choice, they're an idiot. And Mr. United, whoever he was who built United, he worked his butt off to build that company. And some moron dragged the whole company through the gutter and has become the punchline of every joke across corporate America. People are choosing not to fly. They're boycotting. And they're not protesting that moron. They're protesting the company. And that kind of crap happens all the time. And it irritates the living crap out of me because I know how hard it is to build a business. I had an employee years ago who DJed a wedding and used a truck which is against our policy. He didn't uh, shut the door of the truck. Yeah, the bed. So the the, the speaker, the impro, it's a it's a it's a, like a five foot tall speaker with two large woofers. It flies out of the truck on I forty four going seventy miles an hour. A woman in a minivan has to swerve. Thankfully, didn't die. Completely spins, gets hit. He drives away. Guess who they came after? You. Yes. Not him. I thought they would have gone after the people who made the car. No, but seriously, this is I'm not I'm it not was the speaker. You I'm just telling you, if you're an employer, you understand what I'm saying. This is a thing where this person is an idiot. And I I don't hope that they they rot in Hades, but I hope they get stuck there. 
<laughs> but I'm just saying, like, this is ridiculous. I mean, this is somebody who almost killed somebody and didn't even have the dignity or decency to pull over and see if they're okay. Here's a woman who's severely injured, and I'm getting a call. I'm getting a call. I've had my DJ vans impounded before. I have an employee who basically drove to a wedding drunk, and I had my cars impounded. My name was dragged through the book, you know, because I'm a bad person, right? Right. All I can do is check background checks. All I can do is read and do resumes. I don't know if people are perfect. I don't know what dark secrets people hold. But if you see somebody who's doing that sort of violation, you must move swiftly. Because I'm telling you what, and you must over, the final step is you must over communicate. You must communicate to the world what was done, and you must get out front of it. Because if you do not do it, you're going to end up living in a van down by the river. And that's not going to feel good. I mean, living in a van down by the river, it just never quite, it doesn't have, I mean, you might you might want to live in a van down by the river. You might feel like that's a good decision. But when you actually think about the logistics of living in a van down by the river, it just never quite goes the way you think it would go. But drivers, we always want to end with a bang here. As always, three, two, two one, one, boom. boom.